Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Matt's getting crushed on the text line. 49 Josh, I guarantee Matt's fantasy football team hasn't made the final four in seven straight years. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. I'm not sure why I'm giving you the number because Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports is on the line, our HRNP guest line. Lee, how you doing? How'd last week treat you? Good. Um, just some, I mean, some crazy games. I mean, a couple of them were like uh, <laughs> fantasy. B. John Robinson. Yeah, you are <laughs> beyond mad. Uh, I don't know what they can really do. I mean, unless they do like a Sunday morning. You know, they already have three days after report the injury updates. But college football, there's nothing here in Miami. Tyler Van Dyke never practiced the whole week. They they pretty much said now that, that he had never had a chance to play, and they didn't report anything. Somehow they kept it pretty quiet. It's gamesmanship, right? Like, if you're a coach that you know you have a player out, you don't want that out there because you want the other team no, to prepare no, but, for that player. But right? also, you know, if you're going to have gambling, be a part attached to it. If, if Let's say I'm one of the owners of Bet Caesar, Bet MGM, you know, or one of the other ones, DraftKings or FanDuel. I'm telling them, listen, you got to have, like, at least twice a week, you have to have injury updates. Yeah. I mean, you can't have people, let's say, betting uh, uh, Miami plus three. I mean, I know they won. It was a fluke. But <laughs> plus three, and, and then all of a sudden the injury news comes out, and uh, then it's plus seven. I mean, that's not fair. Well, Lee, you mentioned it, too. Belichick used to do it as gamesmanship. Now you're in bed with all these gambling and, and daily fantasy companies to where right. they're going to come to a boardroom meeting, too, and say, you you got to do better for us if we're going to be doing this with you. That's that's where I think it lies, and that's that's what has to take place. And then <laughs> then we have the issue with Michigan stealing, stealing signs <laughs> and not just going to a game. It's like baseball. If you steal someone's signs and you're, you know, you're, you're in your dugout. That's that's one thing, but recording your opponent—that's um, crossing the line, in my opinion. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, our guest on the HRNP guest line. All right, let's get down to some of these games. We'll start with the uh, college football ranks, starting in my favorite conference. It always has been uh, the Big Twelve. Kansas home for Oklahoma, number six team in the country. I think I saw Bean was reported to start this game for Kansas. Oklahoma favored by 10. How's this game going to play out, Lee? Well, I mean, if Jalen Daniels was able to play, I, I would consider them. I love their offensive coordinator. I mean, he's great. But Jason Bean is capable. I mean, certainly not dynamic and, and can't carry a team. And their defense, tons of weaknesses, uh, Oh, you put up 701 yards on last year and 52 points. So I think they were a little sluggish last week. Oh, you was, you know, coming out of the body. He did still outgain UCF, but um, um, they lost the turnover battle. And if you do that, you're going to have trouble in a lot of games. And But they're still plus 10 in turnover ratio. Kansas just not good off of a bye. 2-13 and 13 off of a bye. 10-21 and 21 against the spread as a dog. I like OU, 42-24. Well, Lee, another one here that's obviously near and dear to our hearts and, and everybody in the city of H-Town, and, and that is a Cougar team that's that's so unpredictable. I mean, you know, they, they went on the Hail Mary a couple weeks ago. They're a, a huge dog last week against the Horns, and if not for a bad call, they might have been able to win that game outright. 
But now you look at the Cougars in an, in another Big 12 matchup against Kansas State with a big number attached to it. How do you see it playing out? I, I think it's going to be tough. You know, how, how is Houston going to be capable of putting up back-to-back-to-back huge efforts here? And give them credit. I mean, they were down 21 nothing. I mean, I'm ready to turn that game off, go into another game like, oh, give it another series. And all of a sudden, they come worn back and – if not for a bad spot, I mean, they're probably going to overtime and maybe win the game. So, uh, here's the problem, though. It looks like Avery Johnson is the guy for Kansas State. He is the dude. And they're going to mix in Will Howard, some who's the better passer. But Avery Johnson can run and throw. I think everyone knew in that program he was going to take over. They just didn't have any playmakers. He's the guy here. And they just need turnovers. I mean, if Houston can get turnovers... They can stay in the game. I just don't see it happening. I like Kansas State, 48-28. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, our guest on the HRNP guest line. Uh, we'll move to the uh, the other game in the Big 12, which I'm never going to forgive the spots on second and third down in that game late. Uh, but Texas home for BYU. Texas looking to keep it rolling, get another win, trying to get into that Big 12 championship game. BYU, 5-2, and two, playing a little bit better as of late. Texas 17-point favorites at home against BYU. What are you looking for in this game? And, of course, no Quinn Ewers for the Longhorns. I think the public's going to be all over BYU. They're thinking, wow, last week they beat Texas Tech by two touchdowns. They got a shot here. They were plus five in turnover ratio. How bad was it for Texas Tech? They were playing a third-string quarterback. Third-string quarterback Texas Tech is like the sixth-string quarterback at Texas, or OU. So I just think Texas has too many weapons here. The only way that they lose this game is Sark just messes it up. I mean, just run the ball like 50 times. You're that much better than BYU. Grind it out. They do that to win 34-37-10. He tries to throw the ball 30 times. It's going to be close. I like Texas 34-10. We'll see if Sark messes it up. Just run the ball. <laughs> Let's go to the big boys. Let's go to the NFL. Uh, obviously a game that has uh, implications for the Houston Texans. Jacksonville a two-loss team, against the Steelers, who somehow, some way, after losing to the Texans early in the season, a two-loss team. Jacksonville, Steelers, good matchup. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I, I think this is a really competitive game. The, Jacksonville reminds me a little bit of Houston. They need turnovers, and they might even need a score from their defense to be able to have a chance to win this game. Jacksonville quietly putting it all together. They have uh, put together four straight wins. I love the fact that their their receivers are playmakers. They have guys that catch the ball and take off. In fact, they now uh, number three in the NFL. Besides, uh, after the Dolphins in Kansas City, yards after catch, that's impressive. And uh, <laughs> there's just something wrong with the Pittsburgh offensive line. I thought it was getting better the last two years, but I'm just not seeing enough improvement this year. Taking a couple steps back here. Let's go with Jacksonville here. 31-21. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, handing out winners to all of you. Hope you heed his advice. Talk about the NFL team in this city. The Houston Texans are they're thinking playoffs. 3-3 three and three record. They're thinking, hey, you could get a win at Carolina this week. You're looking at 4-3. and three, Take advantage of a soft schedule. Maybe you're a postseason team. Carolina's still trying to get their first win. Sexy matchup. Bryce, number one pick. C.J. Stroud, number two pick. First time in a long time. The Texans have been a road favorite. They're giving three points on the road against Carolina. What do you make of these two rookie quarterbacks leading their teams? 
that's going to be the storyline, obviously, everyone talks about. But uh, Houston, I think, needs to get some takeaways in this game. Uh, we're seeing Carolina. Carolina started great against the Dolphins for their bye, up 14 nothing, then the Dolphins just uh, select them 42-21. to um, Thielen, he's a guy you got to deal with. Uh, Adam Thielen, 11 receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown in that game. They've got to protect the quarterback. So I think Houston's pass rush is okay but needs to be better. And uh, Young has enough time. I mean, it could, it could spell trouble here. You're catching a team that is hungry. That's just looking for one win to build on something here. If it was at home, I'd take Houston. I'd lay the five or six. But uh, giving three on the road could be tough here. I'm calling for Carolina in an upset at home, 21-18. Lee, look, we, we talk to you every week. We know and appreciate what you've been able to do, the hot start you got off to, and how we tell people and encourage people to go your direction. But if they've hitched your wagon to you, you have done them a ton of good already this season. For those that are new to this, for those that don't understand or haven't done it yet, tell them about Paramount Sports, tell them about your free play, tell them how they get connected with you and they can cash in. Well, I mean, this is our 30th year in business, former college player, and not going to win every game or every week, but we won six of eight weeks so far this year, and the worst winning week was eight and four, so pretty darn good. The two losing weeks were six and seven and six and eight. I think we're going to have a big week this week. I, what I've done, I know, is a lot of people love to join me, but you know, maybe they're looking for a reason. Maybe it's a price point. How about this? Four sports going on these next two weeks. The only two weeks it, it happens. Football, where we're 60 and 38. Baseball World Series. We've got uh, NBA started a couple nights ago. We're 2-0 and there to start the season. And hockey. You get seven selections tonight. That's right, seven tonight or seven tomorrow night. 17 bucks, Not $97, $117. I want to get people involved. I know if I win for them, they're going to want to try me for a month or a season and a couple different sports. So seven selections tonight, all four sports, 17 bucks. One place, ParamountSports.com. It sounds great, Lee. Is your daughter singing the anthem anywhere this week? <laughs> no, no. She Well, she did a pretty good job, I guess, for the Bears. They broke their 10-game losing streak, so uh, they were pretty happy about that. <laughs> it went well. Perfect day. It was like 55 degrees, and must have gone well. They've invited her back, and two other NFL teams reached out also. That's awesome. Well, that's that's awesome. great yeah. to hear. Uh, thanks for the yeah. time, Lee. We'll, we'll chat again thanks. next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Take advantage of it, handing out some free winners. All right, let's dive into the Rockets game yesterday. I know Blankers has some thoughts. I have some thoughts. Not not what you would call a stellar debut for Ime Adoka and my man Thompson and this new-look Houston Rockets. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Mike Hawley, U of H class of uh, 1990, uh, has been protecting, used to protect the Heisman Trophy winner. Now he wants to protect uh, the interest of your business. He's been doing that for nearly 25 years. He's always been in the business of protecting the Heisman Trophy winner. Now your business. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRP will also work work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You're not reading off a menu with HRP. If you need a little help, a lot of help, anything in between, HRP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, 
They have the best customer service. Their customer service is second to none. You'll never talk to a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that's familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service anytime I have a question. I'm an email guy. I always get a quick response. Very easy to understand. Very thankful that we use HRP here at Gal Media. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call at 281 880 6525 281-880-6525, or check them out at hrp.net, hrp.net. The Killer Bees. What about the murderous Jays? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three Jays. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. He's the blank man. I'm Branham. Rockets lost by 30 yesterday on the road to Orlando. I'm not going to admit that I had Rockets plus four and a half because I don't don't do that. What did you make of this game yesterday with the Rockets and the Magic City getting hammered? You know... You look at the score alone and you say, God, they are still the same old Rockets and they suck. And, you know, you can't lose by 30 in the league without sucking. There was a one point game in the third quarter. I mean, they had they had opportunities, but I'm not going to pass too much judgment on one game. But what I'm going to say is whether you liked Gary Bird or not, whether you look at a lot of these Rockets teams of the past or not. You're looking at a team that is increasing. It's extraordinarily different from teams of the past. They don't have a ton of shooting. I believe in Fred Van Vliet. I think Fred Van Vliet is a better than 35% three-point shooter when when all is said and done at the end of the year. But the rest of this team, I know it's a three-point shot-driven league, but they don't shoot the three-ball very well, and that's going to be a problem. And the other thing that really was a glaring thing for me was turnovers. They don't take care of the basketball. I don't think that's going to be something that's going to stay consistent with this team because I don't think Adoka is going to let them get that sloppy with the ball night in, night out. But for the first game, right out of the gates, when everybody was fired up and excited, it could not have gone worse in terms of laying an egg when you were trying to get your fan base back on board. They didn't have a good shooting night, um, but they shot the three better last night than they did all last year, uh, 35% versus 32%. And like You don't expect Jabari to go over. Maybe you expect the men Thompson to go one for seven. Yeah, I'm surprised he's shooting seven threes in a yeah. game, but it kind of got garbage time late. Um, it's not a team that their their calling card's not going to be shooting, but I, it is kind of encouraging that they shot better from three yesterday than they did last year or the entire year. Uh, not going to overreact to one single game, but did not have the Rockets losing by 30. Uh, I think their biggest need, honestly, I mean, I think it's shot blocking and I think it's rebounding. Maybe like a big force in the middle. And they got out rebounded by 26 yesterday. The offensive rebounds, Orlando had 17 offensive rebounds. And if you want to be a good defensive team, you have to close out a possession with a rebound. I associate those two things together. I don't think you're a good defender if you can't get a rebound on the defensive side. That's one area where Jabari, I think, needs to really improve. Hey, Jabari, can you be a good defender? We think you can be. We think that you're really good in the low post. Now, guarding the perimeter, I saw a few blow-bys. But if you're going to be a good defender and call yourself the locksmith, you need to be a really good rebounder, especially with your height. Uh, Shingun, I think, is a pretty good rebounder. Can he step up in that department a little bit? Maybe. I don't think he's like athletically blessed like some big man in terms of like leaping ability and vertical jumping. I think Jabari has to be a much better rebounder than what you saw last year, what you saw last night. The Rockets aren't going to win games. You're getting out-rebounded by 20. No, 
absolutely not. And, and they have a good young at Jonathan. You got Isaac. Yeah. You've got uh, Bancaro. You've got some bigs with some wingspans that are athletic but strong and can secure the basketball off the window. The biggest thing is, yeah, you're going to get Tari Easton back. He's going to help you defensively to some degree. But we already know that you're almost maximizing what you get from Shengun, except for the fact that you know he's gonna he's gonna learn to rotate a little bit more, help where he needs to help a little bit more. But defensively, he's always going to be probably a liability more than an asset. The one area that he can at least benefit you is he's big enough to grab some boards. Yep. But it's not just about Jabari Smith. He's got it. You're right. He has to be better. And, and as much as he likes to face the basket and he gets enamored with shooting the three ball, he has to realize there is really nothing other than those two guys in terms of coming off the bench and doing, you know, you can get jocked to do some things for you, but I think you might have to address a backup center forward position where you got to get an athletic long wingspan big that does nothing but focuses on the defensive end because this team's going to be limited with their bigs and their defense and how they can actually clean the glass and get going in the transition game. To me, that's the biggest hole that they have. It's like a big, athletic, big man who you can count on to play really good defense and you can count on to get rebounds. Uh, I'm going to be watching the rebounding category closely the the next few games for the Rockets because if they're consistently being out-rebounded by a good margin, it's going to be tough for them to win basketball games. You know the prototype is? It's a Robert Williams type. It's a Robert Williams that doesn't really look to do anything but putbacks and dunks. But yep. defensively, he can be a game changer. I was thinking like Jalen Duran, like same, same same type same, of thing, yep. like an athletic big who's going to block shots, protect the rim, and get tons of rebounds. Uh, it's one thing that annoys me with Jabari. Jabari's never been a, like a really good rebounder for his height, and it's because he's maybe likes to be on the perimeter a little but bit. But defensively, that shouldn't matter. No, but you hit something that bothered me with Jabari Smith. You can't sit there and talk about how good you play defense. And this is the same trend that started last year, where he gets his doors blown off out out in space. No, he does. He's not a he's not a good perimeter defender. Mm-mm. Like they they say, he's a really good defender. Watch him on the perimeter; he gets blown by consistently. Yep. I don't think he is a good perimeter defender. Um, I didn't think that any rocket played good, with the exception. I thought Dylan Brooks played pretty well, and I thought Alpi played well, especially in the first half. The flow of the game, I think, kind of got away from how they want to use Alpi in the second half because they were playing catch up. And even though they cut it down to a one point game, they were playing uphill the entire yeah. game. Like they were down double digits, cut it down to one. I think you, you emptied the tank, getting it to one, and then Orlando just blew you out second half of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. And it's a perfect storm, too, because, like you said, they did exude a lot of energy to get where they were, but then all of a sudden it was the turnover bug bitten by the missed shots at the same time, and that cluster just was like a tornado they got caught in while Orlando kept rattling off buckets, and before you knew it, it's not just double digits. The game's out of reach. Seven five five seven too early in Jalen uh, Green's career to be worried. I think not. We look for him to score a lot on one-on-one. He just can't do it. Nope. He, he was awful yesterday. Um... I wish he would have played more in the preseason because he looked like he was in preseason form yesterday. He didn't look good yesterday. No, and, and you know you get you and I go back and forth on this a, a little bit. I, I I wasn't sold on him when he came in. I'm less and less sold on him with every passing game. I'm not gonna like close the door on him for this season because of one game. Just like I'm not gonna do it for the team. But he has a lot of of tuning up to do, and he has a lot of game changing to do because his game, the way he's played it since he's been in the league is not going to fit and translate to what Udoka wants on both ends of the floor. And just specifically offensively, his game is predicated on iso ball and just getting out in space and letting him go. And that's not what Udoka wants. That's not what Van Vliet's going to try and execute. And I think that with the team that they have now, he's got to change his game 
for his own good, but for the team's benefit as well. Thought it meant Thompson was deer in the headlights, especially in the first half. Uh, sloppy of the ball. I still, I'm st- obviously still to be bullish on him. His first game as a pro should too. be expected. Yeah. I thought he was poor yesterday, uh-huh. but yes, to be expected. I did like the rotation. Amin Thompson was the first guard off the bench. Uh-huh. That was encouraging. Uh, maybe not so much with Cam Whitmore because he didn't play until garbage time. Hated. So I'm not sure he's actually in the rotation. Yeah, and right now I, I hate that. I understand that, look, you still got guys that came over to this team and a coach that just took over this team that are still trying to figure out what guys do and how they can best be used in what they want to do to, to, to execute the both ends of the floor. But I really want to see more of Cam Whitmore. I think that he's got a ton of talent. He's And right now he's raw, but I think he's only going to get better. But I think that also kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that I felt bad for Van Vliet in a lot of ways because he didn't play a lot with Jalen Green. He's got to be, you know, this is a totally new team, a new concept. Everything's new to him, except especially his bank account. But everybody's expecting so much, and there's got to be more cohesiveness with all these guys, and that only takes place with more time on the floor together. Unfortunately, it's going to mean there's going to probably be more of these games than not in the first 10 to 20 games while they get used to each other. Sensei says that Jabari doesn't eat steaks. Have you all heard that? He I have not heard that. I haven't heard that. I heard that. he got big into yoga in the offseason. I saw and, that report that Vanessa did. Yeah, Vanessa did a one-on-one with him afterwards. Cash it or trash it. Jabari needs to stop doing yoga and start doing some squats and deadlifts. Makes him a better rebounder, I promise you. Eat some steaks, do some squats, do some deadlifts, and start grabbing some rebounds. Uh, I just think he's got to get stronger, period, to be in the NBA. I mean, he's athletic, but he's still a little slight, and I just think it would do him a ton of good overall and all the way around if he got a little bit stronger and a little bit thicker. Eat some steaks and lift some weights. It's the motto of life, right? I, I guarantee you, eat some steaks and you lift some weights, you become a better rebounder. Yeah, I think you have to eat think steak. About it. You have to. You have to. Do you not? You gotta be if, to be a rebounder in the NBA. As, you gotta eat steaks. As Jack Sigma used to say at Rockets practice, there's not enough sand in that man's shorts to be able to be down low the where where he belongs. Well, if it's steaks and weights, then so be it. Think as long about as it. He's not vegan. Think about it. Like for real. Like if if you if I told you this guy right here doesn't eat steaks and he does yoga, this guy right here he eats steaks and he lifts weights and they both look the same. Which of the two do you think is gonna be a better rebounder? Steaks and weights. Yeah, steaks, yeah, steaks and weights. And weights. Yeah. It's not even close. It's steaks and weights. Uh, Steven Adams, one thing you never doubt. He can go get a rebound. He's got a little yeah. sand in his shorts. He's a tough guy. It's cool that you're doing yoga for flexibility and stuff. But if I'm hearing that you're doing yoga, not eating steaks, and not lifting weights, then I'm going to question your ability to rebound with a team that needs your ability to rebound. What if the team nutritionist says you can't be eating those steaks? I seriously doubt that. I, I would I would I would die on the hill that a team nutritionist is telling a basketball player not to eat steak. I will I will die on that hill because I know nutritionists who know would nutrition- not ever say yeah, that. I know. I just saying because I know <laughs> nutritionists that did, were hell bent on keeping Dwight Howard away from junk food yeah. and candy. Oh. Like I, I I know what's on those training tables for oh, basketball yeah. players, and there's plenty of yep. steak, <laughs> Lots plenty of, protein. of steak I, and protein and carbs. Honestly, like my biggest issue with last yeah. night's game has nothing to do with the game. I I do not like seeing, and I'm, and we'll get to this with the car wreck of the day because I'll yeah. definitely be nominating the Bulls. But I do <laughs> not like seeing the day after game one of the NBA season, Jalen Green's like, I got, got to go to Instagram about like yeah, keeping about keeping notes and tabs of like what people are saying about him. I'm sorry, Rafael Stone should have taken Evan Mobley. That solves your rebounding problems, Jalen Green. Thanks My name's Joe George. Add me to the list. And it was, I, didn't, I don't love the cryptic Instagram stuff. It's and, like, it's game one. Like, for, yeah. really? Like, you don't need to be doing that. For, like, you guys had a bad poor. game. You did, he played poor. They had a bad poor. game. But, like, it's, bad it's one game. He needed, I mean, I, I think that you saw a guy that hadn't played any of the preseason, like, not much in the preseason. Um, 
I didn't love his post game either. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was very like nonchalant. Didn't really take a lot of responsibility. How do you play with more urgency and energy? Uh, you just gonna do? Uh, yeah, not be a great anointed. Look. No matter how high you yeah. were drafted, it has to be earned. And he feels like right now he 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 feels like he he should deserve all this extra kind of space and and you know benefit of the doubt because of where he was drafted, and he's got to earn it. Well, like, he does. He's got to grab the, the brass ring for sure. And he said in an interview, I can't remember, I think it was Taylor Rooks, I think, but like he said he, he, the all-star jump is coming. Well, all right, man. Okay. Like I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Like I, I don't like that stuff when like your team has been one of the worst teams in the NBA, if not the worst team in the NBA, for your entire career. Like I'll believe it when I see it on the court, Jalen. Like, don't be worried about keeping receipts. Worry about playing better basketball. I said it to you guys. I said the most scrutinized and under pressure guy coming into this season was Kevin Porter Jr. And once he was removed, Jalen Green became that guy. And he has so much to prove and so much to to earn, but yet he seems like he feels like he's already there and doesn't have to do what others have to do. And Udoka's not going to settle for that. He's not going to deal with that well. And that's something he's going to have to change. Yeah, I'm excited for them tomorrow, though. They go they go to San Antonio. Wimby. Let's see what they look like in game two. And then Wimby. It'd be fun to see Wimby over a full game, not just highlights where he's doing cool stuff. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Texans, 3-3. Three and three. Do they have a playoff core right now? Is there? Do they have the playoff core that is needed to be a playoff team? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights. But they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. He's blank on Branham. Uh, look, doesn't look like the Texans are going to have Robert Woods on Sunday, which uh, I'd rather have him than not have him. That means more Noah Brown. Maybe Mechie gets a little bit of run. They are going to have Tank Dell back, though it looks. They also, I thought we were going to see Josh Jones, left guard, move Titus Howard to right tackle. It looks like they're going to go with the same offensive line as pre-buy uh, with Titus at left tackle and uh, George Fan at, at uh I'm sorry, Titus at left guard and Noah Fan at uh, right tackle. So it looks like the, they're going to have the same offensive line for three straight weeks. Some people don't love Titus Howard playing left guard and not right tackle, especially after the big contract. Extension. The big contract says that if that's where he's going to where he's going to be long term, and that's what you were basing on paying him the money you did, that that's where ideally he should be. We talked about it the other day. If it's just because they still aren't healthy enough to make that switch, then I totally understand it. But coming off a of bye week. I was hoping that they were going to be healthy enough to get him where I think he should be and stay, and we'll see how it plays out. Look, I, I, one thing I, I don't have uh, too many concerns about is the fact that from a from an offensive standpoint, with Slowick and everybody involved in it, they're going to find they're going to find a way to make sure that CJ is protected the right way. And if that's the way they feel like they have to go, I have confidence enough saying then I, I'll, I'll roll with it. Maybe Josh Jones isn't completely 100% yet, and it's, okay, this is our best five by far. Don't have to have the idea of Dieter getting a start at left guard. Uh, so I'm I'm fine with it. It's been pretty good. It's worked out okay. I don't think it's Titus's best position. I do think it's your best five offensive linemen. So I, I get the logic now. Do you want to pay a left guard as much money as you're paying Titus? No, but I don't. I also don't think you should think that way when you're in the middle of a season. Like you have to figure out what is best for your it's team. Just week to week, getting you know, yeah, getting wins and making the, the the right decision for your offense and your quarterback. Exactly. You can't you can't say you know what? Here we are, three and three. We're going into the 
eighth week of the NFL season, and our decision needs to be Titus Howard's playing right tackle because he's making a bunch of money or he's making right tackle money. No, that's not your logic, and it's not how D'Amico is going to think. They're going to do whatever they feel is in the best interest of winning football games. And I, I really don't argue that this is not that this isn't in the best interest of their offensive line. I think it is their best five. It is a little unnatural for Titus. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that Josh Jones is 100%. Juice Scruggs certainly isn't. So I do think it's their best five offensive linemen. I, I don't really have a huge problem with it. Just can't be a long-term thing. Like once, It's a short-term solution. It's not the long-term. But it's been fix. a month. I mean, it's been a month. This will be the third game they had a bye week, so it's going to be a month. So does it change? If, if Josh Jones is 100%, then we have our answer that Josh Jones isn't going to change it. The only thing that is left that could change it, well, I guess there's two. There's Juice, Juice Scruggs, yeah. and then there's there's a trade. I just don't see them trading for a guy that's going to be starting on the offensive line and going into the ninth week of the NFL season. No, this is more about Juice, Juice Scruggs' side of it and then figuring out, like, if it's still health-related, then I get it. Other than that, I said, ideally, I'd like to see Howard in the natural position that he's been signed for. Um, but look, if it compromises your offense, you got to do what's best on a short-term basis to make sure that you're able to stay where you are and more and, and take advantage of the schedule, win the games you're supposed to win, and, and be on a path to, to be competing for a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I don't have too much of an issue with it. Uh, no Robert Woods will be interesting, but you're getting Tank back. I, I don't think that's a huge, significant drop-off. But uh, Woods you have has Noah been good Brown for him, too. for CJ, and, no, no, and he's, he's, come up with the, he's come up with the catches. No, I, I'd rather have Woods than not have Woods. I just don't think it's a massive drop. It's not like when you had DeAndre Hopkins and Hopkins right. wasn't good right. to go. Like the, the drop-off from Robert Woods to Noah Brown's not massive. Is there a drop-off? Yes. How big is the drop-off? I don't think it's a huge drop-off. I know some people want to see some more of John Mechie Clearly, you're going to see some Tank Dell. Uh, Tank Dell is going to be your second best option if Robert Woods isn't playing. Nico and Tank are going to get the majority of the throws, regardless mm-hmm. if Woods is out. But you're still going to need a you know a guy or two to step up. I'm not sure that I have the 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 same faith. I never thought I'd say this to start of the year, but I don't think I have the same faith uh, faith in in Noel Brown that I do in Robert Woods. No, I'd love to see Mechie take a step. I just don't think he's ready to do it. I think Noah right now is a better football player than John Mechie. Yeah. Mechie's more talented. Noah Brown ha- gives you a better chance to win every single play. You know, downhill blocking. Plus, he had a pretty good game whenever he came back. He's got a couple important passes uh, in that game. All right, do the Texans have a playoff core? 713-780-ESPN, our HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. What they've built, what they have, do the Texans have a playoff core, Blinkers? I, I think that... They have they have the the makings of a playoff core, but I don't think they have the playoff core yet. Just like I think the roster is increasingly better, but I don't think that they have a playoff roster yet. I think that when you look at some of the just things we were talking about with the receiver room, the fact that we don't know we don't have a true uh, running back one, and and that a guy that came into the season as their best and most talented offensive player is a guy that is a square peg in a round hole right now in terms of their offense with Damian Pierce. Um, I think that, you know, even uh, same thing on the defensive side of the football. Do they have a core? No, because Grenard's playing well, but Grenard's in the final year of his deal. You, you, you know that you, you made the trade. We know as much as C.J. Stroud is the one, all, one end-all, be-all that you know, yeah, that's part of the core. Tunsil is part of the core. He hasn't played a whole lot. I still think that there are, there are areas of a core that are lacking, that they don't have enough at to where I'd say, they're getting there. They're on the road to that, but they're not there yet. I, I believe that they do. I don't think that you have to have 
a massive playoff core either. Like, I don't think it needs to be 10 players. I think it could be as little as two people. I was thinking five. That's fair. I think it could be head coach, quarterback. I feel like if you have a really good head coach and a really good quarterback, that's enough for a playoff core. Uh, Belichick Brady did it for years. Good head coach, great quarterback, playoff core, no doubt whoever was around them, whether it was Julian Edelman, undrafted dude, Rob Gronkowski, no, they brought in Randy Moss one year, but you could pencil in the Patriots to the playoffs every single year. Same thing with the Colts. When you had Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, whoever the head coach was, that was a playoff core. Uh, you look at the top teams right now in the NFL. No matter who the Kansas City Chiefs have for the next decade, whenever they have Andy Reid as the head coach and Pat Mahomes as the quarterback, that's enough to be a playoff court. Sure, you have help. Like You're going to have a Kelsey here and there. Uh, but if Kelsey retired at the end of the season, do we think the Chiefs aren't a playoff team next year? I certainly don't. So I don't think the core has to be that big. I think it, you have to be really good at critical positions. Uh, I think D'Amico's going to be a really good head coach. I already think he's a good head coach. I think Stroud's already a good quarterback, is on his way to being a really good quarterback. So the Texans core, I do believe, is playoff worthy at some point. Is it this year? Are they depends on where they are in their development. I think there's a really good chance of doing so. I also would throw in Will Anderson as part of the playoff core. Titus Howard's or I'm sorry, Larry Tunts is one of the best left tackles in football. He's part of the playoff core. When you throw Tank Dell in there, you could. You can make the case on the defensive side of the ball with Jalen Petrie. I do believe the Texans already have a playoff core, mostly because of head coach quarterback has finally figured out in this season. Yeah, and I understand that, and I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just thinking I was thinking about it more in terms of for this season, I'm thinking about a team. Are they playoff? Do they have a playoff core for this season? Because I think of the quarterbacks and the and the coaches that you're naming off. You're naming off guys that were established, bona fide, you know, legit superstar type quarterbacks with Manning and 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 Mahomes and and other guys. When you look at it now, we think that the tra- the trajectory is there for CJ, but there's got to be the consistency of multiple seasons to do that. In terms of this season. Do I think that they're there yet? No, but I think that they got two guys, when you talk about coach and quarterback, that are on the right path to getting there very shortly. I think that when you look at some of the other guys that we're both thinking of, you're thinking about guys that definitely fit the mold of that core, but I'm looking for guys that can already have made an impact to be dominant on the defensive side of the football, whether it be in the front seven or a pass rusher or a, a, a lockdown corner, which... We just haven't seen because we haven't seen enough on uh, on Stingley, and we know that Stevie Nelson's good, he, yeah. and but he's a little longer in the tooth, and he's not great at this point in his yeah. career. I think Stevie Nelson's good. I wouldn't call I wouldn't call him great. Right. I wouldn't call him lockdown. I think he's really good. I think he's underrated good for sure. But and you were I mean you were on that before anybody. But he's not lockdown. He's not an elite corner. You were hoping that when you drafted Stingley that he would be. And who knows whenever you get Stingley back? Like I'm not putting Stingley in this playoff core. He's not he can't part be on the, of it. He he, on the field. He's not coming the field. off a bye, and we still don't know when we're going to see him. We don't know you know what he's going to be because we haven't seen enough of them even under this new coach and this new system to believe that he can be there it's just a matter of injuries that have slowed him down we don't know what he can truly be and that's extremely disappointing at this point, from the time you've drafted him to now. Yeah, I would put Jalen on there. Like, Jalen's going to be like a pillar a of this defense for a while. Of course, you always have to worry about contract, things like that. Uh, Jimmy Ward's probably too long in the tooth to say, like, he's part of this playoff core forever. Steven Nelson, like, he's under, he's, he's a free agent after the end yeah. of the season. I don't, like, I can't call him part of the core if he's going to be gone at the end of the year. He is somebody I would like to have back. The linebackers, I really like what I see with Blake. 
Cashman. Like he, he's really good. I like Blake Cashman a lot too. Henry I'm, Toa Toa is like solid, but like, eh. Like I'm I think disappointed in Harris. I, Harris hasn't I, I been was that a, good I was this a year. massive believer in him last year. Yeah. You know, when they drafted him, I was a massive believer in him. And I don't know what the hell's going on right now, but he doesn't look like the same player that I saw last year. No, if, if you told me that there was one linebacker who took a huge jump forward at the beginning of the season to now, I, I would have picked Christian Harris. No way I'm picking Blake Cashman. And Cashman's been the guy that's taken a huge step forward and not Christian Harris. Harris has kind of been a disappointment. It looked like he got benched this week, too. Well, his coverage the, uh, the in, in the pass game, too, Cashman just adds another element to where you're he's, like, the dude's impressive. For a linebacker in coverage, I think he's one of the best. And I, It sounds hyperbolic because it's stinking Blake Cashman. Just look at the but tape. He's got coverage ability that's unbelievable um as far as the offensive side of the ball like robert woods i don't think he's a long long-term piece of this core i do think tank is and i do think sure. nico collins is yeah those guys have really impressed if there's one guy that has taken that big leap that i don't think a lot of people expected to see at the start of the year it's nico collins nico yeah. collins has been a guy that you've been consistently waiting on to try and see if you could truly understand what he could truly be now that you've seen him out there, now that you've seen him with a legit quarterback and you've seen what he's able to do, boy, I mean, no one saw it at the start of the year. Everybody's probably the, the, the best story other than C.J. Stroud on this football team on the offensive side of the football is the fact that Nico Collins has established himself, not just from a fantasy football perspective, Nico Collins is establishing himself as a legit receiver in this league. Nine, two, four, three, they do. Uh, but if Stroud can continue, oh, he said they do not. But if Stroud can continue to progress and make Nico look like a number one, uh, they're a draft and good free agency away from being a playoff team. I think the schedule might get there a year yeah. early. See, I, I feel like that doesn't, like the, the question is, uh, do they have a core? What is your core? Like, I think they have, the answer is yes on offense. Mm-hmm. Like you have an entire offensive line locked up for the next three years minimum. That are I they think, all good enough to be in your core? Like I is think, Jared Patterson there, Shaq Mason there? Do you like going like let's go back to like the DJ Bienemy conversation we had mm-hmm. early on in the season? Like if you have three of the five that are really good, I think you're pretty set on offensive line. Yeah. Like you don't need five studs to be great. I mean, it doesn't even matter if you do. Like, look at the Cowboys. Like, they had five studs. It doesn't matter. So they have three of the five offensive linemen. They have two wide receivers who are very talented. They might not be elite game breakers, but, like, Tank and Nico are good. You have the quarterback. Tight end, tight end's probably the easiest position to replace if you don't keep Schultz. Like, I think offensively, you absolutely have your core that when you say in two or three years – when you are a real playoff contender and hopefully more than just a playoff contender, most of those guys are currently on the roster. It's defensively where I'm like, you have Petrie, you have Will Anderson, and that might be my list. I think it's the core, Joe, on the offensive line versus the individual. If you're looking at the individuals, you start with Tunsil, and then after that, it's up for a lot of debate. But because of all the money you invested and where those guys all play, you got to believe that if you have three or four of the five already in place, three of the five for sure, that you believe. And even with Mason, I think that he's got enough good years, a couple good years left in him to where you say, as a core, you believe maybe not as much as DJ Bienemy, but you believe top 10 ish offensive line. That should be good enough to be a playoff team. And now they're like 13th. I think if you have a really good head coach, a really good quarterback, that's a playoff core. And you fill it in average around it. I think you're a playoff team. And I, I think Stroud's going to be at that level really, really soon. Uh, 713-780-3776. A 6974 depth chart that came out two days ago shows Titus at right tackle, Jones at left guard. It's been like that since Titus Howard's come back. Uh, I've noticed with the Texans that anybody who is active on their roster, they're going to put on their depth chart whether that guy plays or not that week, which is kind of gamesmanship. If they're on the IR, they're not going to put them on the depth chart at all. That's why Cam Johnson wasn't on the depth chart. The Texans didn't have a punter in week five. Uh, 924 
three. To me, the core is CJ, Nico, Tunsil, Will Anderson, Petrie. Need a solid corner under team control to have a legit core. Hopefully it's Stingley, but I'm certainly not counting on Stingley. 713-780-3776. Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Get your nominations in for today's Car Wreck of the Day. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at my bookie. Look, big weekend coming up. You heard Lee Sterling giving you some tips. If you want to cash in on those tips, the place I tell you to do it is mybookie.ag because they take care of their customers all of the time. They've always got promotions going on. They've always got ways that you can get more money in your account. They're doing it again right now, whether you're a new customer or a return customer. The fact is, is you go in and they're doing a, a match bonus system right now. You go in and set up your account or add money to it, and what you put in, they'll match it up to $1,000. You want to put 1000 in, they'll put another 1000 in. Now you got 2000 to bet with. You want to put 100 in, they'll match it with another 100 200 bucks in your account instead of 100 means more money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances you can win. And with all the sports going on, you heard Lee talking about it. If you're a hockey aficionado, NBA basketball, Major League Baseball in the World Series, or the college and pro football scene, so many sports going on, so many chances for you to bet on games, and so many chances for you to win. So therefore, when you know that you're going with a reliable company like MyBookie.ag, they've been around for over a decade, they're going to take care of you, they're going to take care of your money, and when you want to cash out, they're going to take care of you too. All you got to do is remember that promo code, it's BET975, that's how you get that match bonus, that's how you get more money in your account, and that's how you have better chances to win. Go to mybookie.ag right now. Remember the promo code BET975 because you can use it in a variety of different ways. But when you put money in, you put the code in, you're going to get more money in your account, and you're going to be ready for even more business to be done. And by the way, when there's games, no games going on, you can still cash in because you can still gamble because there's live dealers standing by for casino games as well, like blackjack and poker. Check them out. As I always tell you, there's only one place to go in my mind, and that is where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. It's mybookie.ag, and remember that promo code BET975. You all right? My leg is broken. The ball's coming through. I'll give you a phone, you prick. Where's my fucking money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Our Car Wreck of the Day, as always, because we're a men of the people. We open it up to the listeners, texters, twitchers, what have you. 713-780-3776-3527 says a Dusty Baker's retirement press conference. Why? Was that a car wreck? I don't know. I don't think so. Press conference? Maybe why he retired because of uh, some articles in the summer? I don't think that was a car no. wreck. I thought it was a well... I watched that whole thing. I thought it was uh, thought it was well done. I thought it was classy. Crane had nice things to say about Dusty. Dana had nice things to say about Dusty. Uh, Dusty was personable, his loving self. I uh, I thought that was a uh, I thought that was a good press. Yeah, conference. I don't think there's anything bad about that at all. No, I don't think so. Three three five eight. Uh, my car wreck nomination: Laramie Tunsil missing games. It's fair. I mean, he played. Although that's car wreck of the day, that could be more yeah. the car wreck of a career. I also don't think it's uh, like the t- the timing of it's not great here. Like Laramie played before the bye. Laramie's going to play Sunday, unless there's something I'm unaware of. So I don't know if the timing of that is great. Uh, what's your car wreck of the day nomination? For, if you have more than one. For the day, it's the Houston Rockets. I mean, the Houston Rockets with everybody looking for kind of a similar excitement level when the Texans made the changes they made. They were hoping to, right from the get-go, 
jump on the bandwagon, jump back on the bandwagon and say it's going to be a fun team to watch, going to be a great year, it's going to be a lot of entertaining basketball, and they laid an egg. So the easy first one in my mind is the Houston Rockets after their game in Orlando. Yeah, I have a couple of nominations here. Uh, Caller Matt, uh, who who said, what have the Astros done? Uh, Doesn't appreciate the fact that they've been to the ALCS seven times in those seven years. They went to the World Series twice. They won the World Series twice and went to the World Series four times. So I'd like to nominate Caller Matt to our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Also, Michigan football? Like, they had this dude, Stallions or whatever, that's been traveling and stealing signs and doing all this stuff, which is illegal because you're not allowed to be on the field of other games. NCAA strictly prohibits that. But then there's reports today that University of Michigan police and the FBI have been investigating former offensive coordinator Matt Weiss for months. Like, what's going on here for computer access crimes? Former OC of Michigan, Matt Weiss. What's going on at Michigan football? Is Matt Weiss the guy that had to step away during the year? I don't remember. I don't know Matt Weiss's story very well, but he's being investigated by the FBI. Yeah, Harbaugh's not there after this year. What's happening at Michigan? He's going to stick it out till the end of the year, but there's no way Harbaugh continues after this year. Like, what's going on there? He's going to win a national championship and walk. He's going to walk to the NFL, and he's yep. going to cash in again, and everything that he did, he doesn't give a rat's ass about. I wonder, totally agree. So they must have known something, too. If he just flat out like left and doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. definitely. Oh, like, they put him on leave. So this has been something that's going on yeah, a while. Thought, but it came out today that the FBI is also. But they didn't associate it with this at the time. They just there was he had a lot of stuff going on. I don't know if they're the same though. Like I can't figure it out. I don't know if it's like the sign stealing and the computer FBI. I think it's two separate cases. Yeah, but there was something very much bothersome to to Michigan, and before I think it even surfaced, they got rid of it. Yeah, it's. What a ridiculous thing going on in Michigan. Everything's everything's stained. Head of the snake. Honey Glaze Branham says, car record of the day, NBA basketball. Everything about it. That's ridiculous. Not a basketball fan. Joe, what are you oh, nominating? Definitely nominating the Chicago Bulls. Team meetings yeah. after one game? What are we doing? Well, the good news was is that the, the word out of it was there was no fighting or physicality There's or no animosity. One game in? If yeah. Billy Donovan has to walk up and be like, do you guys need more time? And they say yes, there's a problem. Is that that happened? Yes. Oh boy. I don't. I'm I'm pro team meeting. I don't care if you have a team meeting after every single one of your losses. It shows that you care. It shows that you mean business. It it shows that you want to be better. It shows that you have good leadership, calling out players that are lazy and aren't playing hard. You can have. One. I'm pro wait, team wait, 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 meeting. I'm pro team meeting. At some point, don't you? If you keep having them, don't you need more team leadership? It's kind of boy who cries wolf type of stuff. I mean, like I mean the Astros I, only had like six at the end yeah, of the season, but they should have had more. They should have had them in the playoffs. They didn't have any in the playoffs. Why they lost to get to at home. I'm pro team meeting. I'm pro player only meeting. They I'm can pro be effective if they happen once in a blue moon. Or if you no, they can be effective if they happen twenty times. But you just you're really good after them. Okay, it depends on how they respond. I think that's to this. excessive, but yeah, they're getting so much grief for this team meeting stuff. They care. It's game. They want to win. They were they were unhappy with their performance. You didn't have team meetings in training camp. They were unhappy. So what are we? Uh, what are we voting for? Matt. Car wreck of the day. I think it's Caller Matt. Yeah, it's Matt. All right, that congratulations, Caller Matt. You finally won something in your life. Caller Matt, car wreck of the day. No asterisk. Presented by CarWreck.com. It does have a heavy asterisk on it. If you get into a car wreck, hope it doesn't happen to you, but it might, especially on a rainy day like today. Make sure that you call Hollingsworth Law Firm, 713-999-8773, 713-999-8773, or visit CarWreckTexas.com, CarWreckTexas.com. What's coming up next, Joe? 
Uh, game on with uh, Jerome Solomon and Barry Laminac. Very good. Jerome Solomon, Barry Laminac. Game on is next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Thanks for your work, Joe George. He's blank on Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Game on is next.